Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week I will be reviewing 1997's Love Jones. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. You guys are at the beginning of Love Month. I just started thought, thought that I would start this in uh, February because it's Black History Month and also Valentine's Day. So you got Black History Month and Valentine's Day in the same month. So I'm doing what's called Love Month for the month of February. I'm just going to be talking about black movies with romance elements. They're not really gonna, all going to be like romantic movies. They're not going to all be... Oh, they ended up happily ever after. Some of them, the movies I have planned, they don't end up happily ever after at all. But uh, you know, but for this, for this, for this month, I'm gonna be doing those type of movies, like just movies that have romance dealing with black people. And to join me on this journey through. Black Love Month, I will have my wife, Shauna, with me. Say hello to the people, Shauna. Hello. Yes, and uh, we will be reviewing 1997's Love Jones, but before we get to that, got some things I watched this week, and I got some new movie news that came up. Uh, I just read about, like, a couple minutes ago, actually. (laughs) Uh, Did you know that Blade found a writer? Blade found a writer? Yes, Blade, the new movie Blade, which of course we will start uh, Mahershala Ali as Blade. Yeah. They have a writer for it. Mm-hmm. Her name is, uh, what was her name? I forgot her name already, but she used to write for, she, she wrote for Watchmen. She wrote for the Watchmen television show. Oh, okay. That should be really good. Yeah, she wrote for the Watch, Watchmen television show. She's a black lady. Mm-hmm. And uh, she will uh, be writing the Blade script, which Blade, the movie also has a title also. What's the title? It will be called Blade the Vampire Hunter. Okay, so we get to see vampires. Yes. It's just straight to the turn. I kind of knew it was going to be like that because they said new title. I was like, it's going to be called Blade the Vampire Hunter. And it was like, Blade the Vampire. I was like, I, I knew it. Uh, you know? so, I, I, I thought it was going to be something else, though. I, I thought at one point it was going to take the vampires out and it's just going to be like monsters and all that kind of stuff like that. But I'm glad that they're going to kind of stick with the comic books in a way yeah i hope they go i hope they go like deeper into that because like about him just kind of i hope it's kind of like you know what i hope this new blade movie is mm-hmm. i hope it's a globe trotting film mm. i hope it's a movie where like he goes around the world he like collects art i hope it's like indiana jones you know i actually thought it was going to be like that but without the vampires i hope it's like i hope it's like that i hope it's like indiana jones but with the vampires with vampires, vampires. that's what i want to see that with the first one remember at the end of the blade where he went to martriel yeah, he, yeah. he did that but like he ain't really they ain't really go that far yeah you know they, they ain't really go that far in that series i want him to go globe trotting i want him to go around like looking for artifacts that'd be dope to see everybody's culture uh, yeah. perspective of vampires in different cultures because yeah. we do have that like yeah. different aspects of vampires uh werewolves zombies yeah. you know like i want to be like there's vampires in cairo we need to go to cairo you right. know some shit like that oh <laughs> like there's vampires in russia 
right. we need to go to Russia. <laughs> some, some shit like that. I want to see, see their cultural perspective of yeah. how they view vampires, yeah. what they do, and that'd be dope. Because yeah. the movie's gonna be PG. Because <laughs> the movie's gonna be PG thirteen. Yeah, they gotta do something fun with it. Yes, they gotta do something fun with it to take your mind off the blood and the guts and all this other shit that was in the first uh, Blade series. Right. You know, so they got to make it fun. They got to make, it's going to be PG-13. I know they're going to try to make it kid-friendly. So Mm -hmm. the most kid-friendliest thing they can do is globe-trotting. You know, have have Blade go on adventures all over the world. Right. And fight vampires all over the world. That'd be the best thing to do with Blade. I hope they do that. And they could easily make, like, trilogies of it, too, like, that away. Yeah, like, that'd be the easiest trilogy they ever do. Right. You know, and then, like, he just, like, runs it. I, I don't really want him to run into other superheroes right away. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to run into, like, uh... I don't want him to run into, like, uh, Captain America right away. You know, new Captain America, Sam Wilson, right away. But what about or, Spider-Man? I don't want him to run into Spider-Man right away, either. I don't, mm-hmm. want to, I don't want him to run into Spider-Man. I don't want him to run into the Fantastic Four or, or whatever. Captain Marvel or whoever right away. I want him I to... really want that to be live screen though. Like <laughs> to to see Play run into uh, Spider-Man. He could run He's into... kind of like that, you know. Yeah, I know. He could run into Spider-Man, just not right away. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like get like two first movies and then I want let's establish let's reestablish Blade first. Right. And then I know like sometimes in Marvel movies they like to establish characters in other movies. Like they did that with Black Panther, they did that with uh they've done that with Black Widow and Hawkeye and uh all these other uh characters. Uh even uh I think like Doctor Strange got established a little bit in um uh, Thor, not Thor Ragnarok. He already had a movie before Thor Ragnarok, I think, didn't he? <laughs> I think so. But uh, but they've they've like established characters, and then like they move them on to their own movie. Black, like I say, Black Panther was one, but it was like let's establish this dude, Captain America, and then let's move him on. <laughs> yes. But uh, you know, I like like let's establish Blade first. Yeah. Before we do anything else with him with other superheroes we gotta find out that you know his mom got bitten by a vampire and she had him and he became you know all kind of stuff all that that stuff yeah we gotta we gotta we gotta do all of that so you gotta you gotta do a casting for his mom you know i would like to see who plays uh blade's mother yeah and who's who bit her would it be frost like the other one (laughs) i don't know who they i don't know who they gonna do but who's gonna play frost I don't know what they gonna do with that, but I really want, I really want, plus, I want an older Frost, if they do do a Deacon Frost, because in the comic books, he's an older man. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's an older man. I want an older Deacon Frost, Mm -hmm. not that, uh, Euro trash, uh, like, 29-year-old, uh, Deacon Frost that they had in the first Blade. Cause in the comic book he's like a, he's like an older man. He kind of looks he's kind of got like a like a like a like a Colonel Sanders thing going on with him or some shit. <laughs> since uh since Frost mm. is responsible of him being a vampire by you know biting his mother, does that make him his vampire daddy? Yeah, I guess so. Wow, I guess so. But moving along, I'm happy about this. Uh, can't wait to see what they do with this movie. I'm this is one of actually one of the Marvel movies I'm actually anticipating. You know, other than uh, Fantastic Four, because mm-hmm. they announced uh, they're doing Fantastic Four. 
Uh, they already got a they already got a director and a writer for that. Mm-hmm. Also, so like those are two things. Those are two things that they're moving forward with is Blade and Fantastic Four. We still gotta wait for the X Men. We still gotta wait for the X Men, and the wait is killing me inside. But uh, because <laughs> I love the X Men. But uh, anyway, uh, moving on to other Marvel stuff. Uh, WandaVision episode five. We both watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you uh think about this episode? Before we get into any uh spoilers or anything like that, what did you personally think of this episode? This episode, I really don't think nothing of it. I think it's at a point of building, so I'm still like in suspense of trying to figure out what's going on. I'm trying to figure out what's going on at the end, basically. So it's like right now, my head is in the clouds with this one. It's like, okay, I get everything's building, and um, I do like the part that they were getting ready to get into, you know, Wanda and Vision was getting ready to fight. And they oh, were yeah. floating in the air. They was getting ready to throw down. I was like, oh, shit. You know, but that's about it. I'm just really going through the journey of it. I don't really just, think nothing of it. I'm just enjoying every scene that they have. Because that's how they get you. Like, they really make you pay attention to every scene. Every, you know, what you call, like, Easter eggs in the background. And, and, and the scene. And what they say. And what they quote. And it's like, I don't really have time to figure out the overall episode I'm just putting the pieces together you know so you just it's like let, a puzzle you know so pretty much you just like just let shit happen yeah just let it happen just let it happen just let it happen yeah man I'm just loving I think we're kind of getting out of the building blocks I think we're still finding more blocks mm-hmm. but I think we're getting out of it we're starting to we're starting to put they're starting to put shit together Right. Like they start to put that puzzle together now because at first they were just giving you pieces. Right. Now they start to put the puzzle together now. Right, but I'm not trying to analyze until I'm finished with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I know, like, cause like we found out that uh, we found out that uh, Wanda took Vision's body. Uh, yeah. We found that out. Like she, Vision is dead. Like she, reanimated his body. She reanimated his corpse. Yeah, so he's he's a Frankenstein now. Yes, she reanimated his corpse. We got a little bit of a teaser in episode four of that, but we didn't know right. for sure. They told us for sure. Oh yeah, that's Vision's body that she just fucking reanimated. <laughs> you know, so uh, we got a little bit more Monica Rambeau. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darcy came back <laughs> for some reason from Thor. Uh, we got uh, uh, Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo was in this episode also. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, there's um, this other character. You know the chick that always pops by the house? Yes. Uh, I'm na- still trying to figure her out. Her name is uh, Agnes. Mm-hmm. That's her name. Her name is Agnes. But uh, she kind of broke character a little bit. Right. Remember when she came in the house and she was like, can we take it from the top? Do you want to do that? Right, and she's like, "What?" Yeah, and she was like, she was a little, she was a little frightened. Okay, it's now coming to me. Maybe, uh, maybe she's one of the neighbors. That's it. Was called Westview, like Westview. Yeah. yeah, she's probably one of the no one of the neighbors and one of the residents that live in Westview. That's why she doesn't really make sense. She does. She's not really part of anything. She's just there. I think she's one of the residents that live in that area. The time that Wanda you know uh took over and hexed the uh the location mm, who knows because like there's a lot of that's people, what i'm getting at with her there's a lot of people that are saying saying like there's a little there's something a little bit deeper with her mm-hmm. 
but I'd have to go into a whole bunch of like comic booky shit, you know, to, 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 to tell you about that. And I don't want to go through. So all she's that shit, in right? the comic book, or or maybe that's just. They're saying she might be a character from the comics. I'm getting, I'm getting that maybe she's one of the residents that's in Westview. Because just... and she's trapped in her own residence, her own district because of Ron Wanda. Oh, that that may be. But like a lot of people are saying, like she might be a big character from the comics, or her husband, because she has a husband named Ralph, that they never show. Mm. And because he probably went to work outside of Westview, like Westview, and he can't get back home. No, but like a lot a of people, a lot of people are probably saying, a lot of people are saying, like either she's a big character that nobody knows that uh, that that's from the comics, or her husband is a a, a, a really big super villain. That and she's hijacking her. Yeah, and like they don't. And a lot of people are saying because a lot of people are like who's Ralph? Like kidnapping her. Like, yeah, like who, yeah, oh, everybody's kidnapping yeah. her. So they're like, who's Ralph? Who's Ralph? We've never seen Ralph. Who's Ralph? And there's a lot of people saying like maybe he's the big villain. You know, like he's a bigger villain. A lot of people are saying that he might be a character named Mephisto. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mephisto is the devil. Of the of the uh, of the Marvel universe, so it's like she she's the day of the Marvel universe. <laughs> yeah, like she might be. They're saying that like Ralph might be Mephisto. Mm. Is what they're saying, but and they're saying that uh, she might be uh, this other character named uh, Agatha Harkness, who is a witch. So, but we. That's the reason why she's able to understand what Wanda's doing. Yeah. But there's other characters in there who understand what she's doing as well. Like the next door neighbor, the black dude. Oh yeah, her. Yeah, so. Yeah, but like there's a lot of get, a lot of those guys, a lot of those people are kidnapped. They're, they're like under under control. Mm-hmm. But like we don't we don't know what's going on yet. We we, we don't know what's going on yet. Uh, the, I think the kids might come into uh the kids might come into uh effect pretty soon because they're starting to age them up. Mm-hmm. And in the comics, uh, Vision and uh, Scarlet Witch do have two sons. They have like two twin sons named Tommy and Billy. One is uh, he, he goes by a character. He goes by a code name Wiccan, and the mm-hmm. other one goes by the code name Speed. Mm-hmm. And uh, both of those characters, I talked about this on like the last uh, episode, episode three, episode well, reviewing episode three to episode four. Uh, they join the Young Avengers later on mm-hmm. in life, right? So like you, so like we don't. I don't know. If we might get Wiccan and Speed mm-hmm. in like the next couple episodes. I don't know. <laughs> Just age them up so they can go and be in the Young Avengers. So, but uh, <laughs> we'll 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 find that out later. And then at the end, you get to see, you know, her brother. Oh, yeah, at the end, uh, Quicksilver comes back. Yeah. yeah, but it's not the Quicksilver you think of. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's the uh, Fox Quicksilver, mm-hmm. and I love how Darcy at the end when she's watching it, Darcy she's like, "What the hell?" She's like, "They recast Pedro." Yeah, <laughs> she like, said it. She said it. That was dope. Yeah, it's like, like breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, it's like poor Aaron, poor Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> he's like, he did not get that phone call. He's probably watching Wild Division. He's, he's like, like, "Oh, I'm gonna be in this oh, one." He is, and he watched. He's like, "Wait, what the hell? They ain't calling me. What the fuck?" You know? <laughs> They called the other guy. What the? 
<laughs> he's not even in this universe. Well, he didn't make that epic scene, you know? You remember when he was like running all over the really? place and collecting the bodies before it exploded? That that was a tight ass scene. Oh uh, yeah, that's from uh, Apocalypse. Yeah. And then he did it first in uh, Days and Futures Past, though. Right. But um, uh, yeah, man, I heard, he, I heard. I think they'd say he did it again in Dark Phoenix, but I was like, that's too many times. That's too many. Yeah, yeah, it, becomes... you, it becomes stale. Yeah. Yeah, but like loving. I can't wait to see where they go next. It's like every episode, I'm like, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait neither. I can't, I can't wait. So I'm but, like, have, have this week passed yet? It's yeah, Friday. It's today's yeah, Friday. Yeah. It's not Friday yet. We're we, we going to get through it. We're going to get to it. <sighs> but yeah, man, I'm loving, I'm loving WandaVision. That sucks that they put it like every week. Yeah. And it's not like Netflix where they just give you the whole I like season. It like this. I like it like this because it, it builds up suspense. It's like... You remember, because, like, we're both 90s kids. You remember how television used to be? Yeah, but I'm used to just give me all the seasons, and I, and I, I get to finish off on my own terms. I'm used to that now. I, I, I did that with The Mandalorian. Yeah. I did do that with The Mandalorian. I didn't watch none of The Mandalorian until it was done. <laughs> and I just, you you saw me. I was just, like, binge-watching The Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> like, both seasons. I'm used to that. <laughs> I like that. But, uh... They just and, give me all my seasons. I just want, because, like, with I The Mandalorian... all my episodes, yeah, for yeah, the season, yeah. Yeah, because with The Mandalorian, I wanted to, um... I wanted to... I wanted to watch it all together so I can be caught up. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I know a season three coming. I don't want to be left out. Because, like... With me, if a show, if a show goes too long mm-hmm. and I haven't watched it, I'm not gonna watch it. You know, I'm not gonna watch it. I'm just gonna give up. I mean, I understand. Like they're trying to extend that dollar, you know, because mm-hmm. like if there's like ten episodes, you stretch that out. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you get like three months of yeah. money, like monthly yeah. paying that. You, you know, pay, you keep playing. You keep paying for that Disney Plus. Exactly. You keep paying like, for we, that. We know what you're yeah. doing. It's okay. that's, a, that's a good. That's a good strategy. Too. It's a like, good strategy. Like you keep it. Like if we give because the, like there's like if we give them this whole show like all together, they're just gonna be like, I ain't, I ain't got no reason to have Disney Plus. Right. You know? But they're like, if we keep going. Like week to week to week, they gonna keep paying for it. Right. <laughs> you want to see what's going on in the next episode? I ain't gonna lie, I did it. Yeah, I did it. I gotta keep this up. I was like, I was like, my Disney Plus about to expire. I got to click. I'm like, renewed. I was like, I was like, I did that shit. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's the quickest I ever renewed Disney Plus. <laughs> Sometimes I just let that shit sit. Right. I was like, but I was like, yep, renewed. But uh, <laughs> but um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm loving this show. I'm just loving this goddamn show. Uh, something else we watched the same night, I believe, was uh the movie uh Malcolm and Marie. Yeah, with uh John David Washington and Zendaya. Mm-hmm. Is it Zendaya or Zendaya? I don't know, Zendaya, Zendaya. It's because some people say Zendaya, some people say Zendaya. Um, I don't know which is which. Zendaya. Zendaya. Uh, I think it sounds better. It sounds yeah, yeah. Zendaya. Zendaya. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, we watched this movie, and man, good lord. Mm-hmm. That movie was, what the fuck? Yeah. What you think? <laughs> it... It was like, man, it made me apologize. I was like, if I ever send you through this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I did look at this. Remember, I did look at this towards the middle. I was like, hey, this is us at 22. Right. You know, I was like, <laughs> I was like who put a who put a 
camera in our in our place at when we were 22. Not the not, not, <laughs> not the knife shit. Not the drug part. The drug not the part knife, to shit, the knife shit. None yeah. of that. It's just the it's just the argument. Yeah. The, the what do you call it's just it? Petty the, arguments. The dynamics yeah. of arguing and the battle of the sexes between yeah. you know emotional complex mindset of a woman versus a simple you know concrete mindset mindset of a man yes right that's correct that's what it is it's kind of like um marriage story how a lot of people are like oh my god this is like our marriage like genetic like generally you know because they really study the whole platform and dynamic of marriage right and how it all leaks to everybody else's marriage you know so that's basically what it was yeah man it was just like looking at the movie and i hear a lot of people say like oh i hear a lot of like single people like oh i don't want to watch anything like that it doesn't make me want to get in a relationship or like even a marriage story You're like see this is why i'm not married or yeah, even it, well, like it's 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 not for everybody and then um and then um i'm hearing people say uh oh wow i can't watch malcolm and marie if, if they're in a relationship like that might break us up just like they said marriage story broke up some people and, and i yeah, and i say i was like if a movie can break y'all up y'all relationship being strong to begin with Right, you know, like if like movie... maybe you should like say yes. for instance you're interested in the woman or a girl, maybe you should watch those movies just to see where you guys like just get it over with. Right, if you guys can survive these movies, then you guys are meant to be. You're if you guys be. cannot survive this movie, then you guys just saved yourself how many years that you have wasted with a person who's not meant to be. So I say watch it just to see how it goes. But the first thing I had to say, I was like, this is I think this might be both of their uh, breakout performances. Yeah. Though, so, cause like I was like, this is the best. Other than Ballers, mm-hmm. this is the best John David Washington has ever been. I agree. And uh, I've never really seen Zendaya outside of Spider Man. Yeah. I, she's got a show called Euphoria, which I gotta catch up on. But like, mm-hmm. I only saw like one episode. I can't judge on that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but like, I, I think this is like her best performance, performance ever. Right. You know, I like she. Both of them got a long. Both of them got a future ahead of them. I think. Right, they this both movie got a future. Yeah. really showed it. This future, this movie really showed the bright future they have. I'm like, cause I'm like, especially John David Washington. I was like, this is the best this nigga's ever acted. <laughs> right, I, I agree. Cause I like Black Klansman, but Adam Driver stole that movie from him. Yeah, he did. Adam Driver stole just jacked that movie from him. You know, because <laughs> he's just that talented. Yeah. You know, and low key, uh, like I feel like he got robbed. Yeah, you know when he didn't win for Marriage Story. Oh yeah, I Adam Driver. He, yeah. yeah, I feel like he should have won that. Yeah, but like, Joker kicked that ass. Yeah, I know. So. <laughs> yeah, I was like Adam Driver stole Black Klansman from uh, John David Washington. Great. And low key, uh, even like uh, there were like some side characters that stole that movie from John David Washington. Well, yeah, he yes. had a chance. He had yeah. too many. Uh, you know, heavy heavyweights in that movie yeah. for him, you know? Yeah, man. It was just like, so, but like, he, I see potential in him with this. Like, this is the movie that showed that he can fucking act, you know? Right. <laughs> like, other than Ballers, because he's funny on Ballers. Yeah, he he's is. funny on there. Yeah. But other than that, like, this is the movie. This is, I'm like, you on your way for uh, Zendaya, too. I was like, both of y'all on y'all way. <laughs> with this one y'all on your way to the big leagues but (laughs) but yeah that's pretty much all i got on that yeah yeah man what i what i love about the part where um 
she was really mad because he didn't thank her. And instead of her, you know, our mindset of being a woman, instead of us just saying, I'm really mad because you did not thank me. You used my story and you made money out of it and I didn't even get no credit of it. You didn't even say thank you and let everybody know it was based on me. I am very mad at you. You sleep on the couch tonight. That would have been simple. That would have been a good old five minutes of that movie and that was it. Because the first uh, no. the first argument lasted like 30 minutes. Right. And like then they were done. I was like, we got like an hour or something left. What are we going to do? And <laughs> it starts back up like any other relationship because yeah. she's like, she's like, I'm trying to did this but it's really bothering me so I gotta keep on messing with him about right. this and stuff like that until I really figure out a way how to express myself in a way that he can understand me because their thought process is very different you know what I mean and instead of her doing that she made it so complex she made it so deep and it, it, it shouldn't even be that deep, but she did. Right. She just made it so deep, so complex, so abstract, when simply she was just mad because she wanted that part. And she didn't want to work for it. She just wanted to be given to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's like, no, you got to work for yeah, it. And she's it. like, but it's about my life. How can I work for something <laughs> that's about my life? Which I do understand where she's coming from but she didn't do that right you know she she didn't do that because she felt like it should have been given to her yeah, whatever right. stuff like that so she screwed that up and blamed that on him for it for not working hard for it but instead of her being take responsibility saying you know i fucked it i didn't really apply myself for this part yeah but she's like oh fuck that shit it's about my life you should have gave it to me and i'm acting too how come you and i'm with you we're together like you know she was trying to use nepotism about him he's like no we're going to be fair you didn't apply yourself you don't get it it's my life you know i just find it so funny where she could have just went straight to the point but that's not our mindset. It's just that's just not how we do things. You know what I mean? And it was crazy how how he was calling her out for it, and she's like, "No, that's not what it is." But that's exactly that's what exactly it was. Exactly what, what it, it was. was. It was like, but it was like, it, it it was like it was like he understood what she was doing, but he didn't understand her motive. Right. And that's what made it complex because it was like yes this is what I'm doing but that's not my motive you know what I mean so that's why she had to explain to him what was her motive Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and then he started understanding oh I'm sorry I get it Mm -hmm. because I get what you're doing I just don't he was confused of her motives that's what it is right like he he understood what she was doing he just didn't understand her motives and she didn't know how to express herself of what her motives were. And then the one part that really creeped me out is when it was in the tub. Right. And uh, at first, she leaves the house and he wanted, she wanted him to chase after her. You remember? She like went to the house and yeah. um, she went outside the house and she hid. Right. And he was looking for her. And he's all like, oh, fuck it. I'm going back in the house. And she's like, wait a minute. You're supposed to find me. Like, someone could have kidnapped me. Somebody could have did something for me. You know, did something to me out there. And you didn't even go 
and be worried about me because she needed to know if they were still in this relationship because she felt like she was losing him. Yeah. For, uh, I'm going to end it with this. Yeah. Women are crazy, everybody. <laughs> like, uh, we'll be back with uh, Love Jones after these messages. See you later. Alright guys, welcome back to the show. Before we talk about Love Jones, uh, Shauna wants to elaborate a little bit more on Malcolm and Marie, so I'm going to give you the floor. The floor is yours. Alright, so going back to the part where they're in the bathroom and stuff like that, I thought it was good writing material when um, Malcolm's line, he tells her that the reason why you want to have control of the relationship because you know that the only reason why I'm here is because of love. And that's something that you cannot control. I thought that was a really good piece of line right there. I thought it was great writing. Yeah. Because that is true. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, uh, a lot of people go through this unconditional love relationships. And it brings out the insecurity between both of them because the only thing they have standing is love you know what I mean unconditional love and faith because it's just an emotion at the end of the day that person can stop loving you and that's the end of the relationship that person can lose faith of you that's the end of the relationship that that's those type of relationships really don't have nothing to stand on you know what I mean it's not like a family or a marriage or a business you know a, right. a business you know or a child like it's really nothing to stand on but just emotions you know what I mean so usually relationships like that are gonna often have outbursts like that right they're, they're gonna have outbursts because they need to know constantly if this person is there they need to know constantly that person still loves them or still have faith in them that's why she was doing weird shit like hiding in the bushes you know what I mean or you know what I mean or she was like she would just do it she was just flat out weird because she needed to know that did he still love her because she had no more control he didn't no longer need her anymore and she didn't no longer needed him because when she was in her drug situation she needed him when he was in his uh, career hump where he had a uh, you know a hard time getting over that career hump, he needed her, you know what I mean? Right. So now that they no longer need each other, there's nothing tangible to stand on in their relationship but love. Right. And that's where she fears. She's like, I might lose this motherfucker because he don't need me no more. He's doing good. He's doing great. She was even jealous of the actress. She's like, is he going to start being with her over me? Like, she was going through a whole lot of emotional baggage because she no longer has control of this relationship because he doesn't need her anymore. It's nothing tangible in that relationship anymore other than love. And he's all like, we could just stay with each other just based off of that. And she's all like, but it's, it's an emotion. You mm-hmm. can wake up one day and don't feel that way no more about right, that person. Right. And that's the end of it. You okay. can wake up when she can wake up one day and not have faith in him anymore. And that's the end of that relationship. Right. So they just going to have to ride on that. <laughs> yeah. Until something tangible comes along, like marriage, kids, or maybe a business or whatever and stuff like that. So that's why I thought that that right there was great writing material. It really 
opens up the mind of uh, untangible love. Right. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. So, yeah. I want to say about that. Okay. That, that was great. Yeah. That's good. All right. Let's get into Love Jones now. Uh, from uh, 1997. We'd like to get into how we uh, saw the movie uh, when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1997, we were... What? That was... 11 12 was 12 yeah between 11 between or 12. 11 or 12 we were in middle school around that time? i think we were in middle school right yeah we were in middle school i think it was in seventh grade i mean we didn't see it together you know we didn't meet at we, that we time. didn't meet at that time no <laughs> <laughs> we didn't meet till much much later it was like we didn't meet till like almost like what eight years eight years later or something like right. that but uh anyway uh <laughs> in college but uh anyway uh I don't know who wants to start off uh, how we saw this movie. You saw this movie how? I saw this movie. Um, I went to the theaters with my friend. We didn't really know what we were going to see. And Sherry has her set. Sherry had her mindset and so she wanted to see Love Jones. I'm not like, Love Jones? I was not like, let's watch some other fun child appropriate movie like you know right. like I want to have fun I want to see action I don't want to see this you know what I mean there were so many other movies there's a lot of movies in 19 1997 yeah 1997 that was out at that 1997 time. was a blockbuster year it was and I'm like look at all these blockbuster movies that we can watch and out of all these movies you want to watch Love Jones and I was like we should watch this and she kind of like strong armed me uh-huh. to watching this movie and I was all like oh my god okay fine whatever so we went to go see Love Jones and it's like I didn't want to see this movie I wanted to see another movie uh-huh. more age appropriate blockbuster fun not this boring shit I it was boring to me. It didn't make any sense. I didn't like it. Right. And it was just something about it. And my friend was like interested in it. She's like, she understood the movie. Like, keep in mind, she's like 12. I was about to ask. I was about to ask. This is another 12 year old. Yeah, keep in mind, she's like 12. I'm sitting here looking at her. Yeah. She's like clapping. She's like, yes, girl. And I'm like, what? You're 12. You're 12. What do you know about this? Like, yeah. like, like, don't get me wrong. I understood it, but it was like, no. I was like, something's wrong with this movie. I'm going to figure out when I get old. Right. I, I wasn't catching it, but I knew it was something wrong about this movie. Right. You know what I mean? And the character, you know, Darius' character, which is Lorenz Tate's character, was annoying to me. Yeah. He was annoying to me. And that was about it. I was all like, I was like, never again. I'm taking your bitch ass to movie. <laughs> I was like, we're not going to the movies no more. Yeah. Uh, how I saw this movie, I actually saw this movie years, years later. Mm-hmm. I, was, I saw this movie on like television. I had to see this on like, cable, mm-hmm. some HBO, Cinemax, one of them. When I was like about, like, I think I was about like 16. Right. I saw, like I said, I saw this movie way later. Uh. I enjoyed the movie for the time. Mm-hmm. I thought it was I thought it was an okay movie for the time. Like I really didn't think much about it after that. Mm-hmm. You know, I really I'm like it was a movie that didn't pop up in my mind until like uh uh I saw something about it. Somebody wrote something about it or something like that. I was like, huh? 
I want to watch Love Jones again. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like just to see because I haven't seen that movie since I was like sixteen. Right. So um, I watched it and I was just like, I just felt the same way. I was like, oh, it's okay. It's alright. Ain't the best thing, you know. So that's how and I felt. This is you now. How you felt about this, it? This is how I felt. Uh, no, like I watched. I watched it again when I was about like maybe twenty eight. Mm-hmm. This was like when we, like yeah, when we were together, together. I think I was like, I just was just sitting there. I was like, huh, I'm gonna watch it. Did I watch it with you at that time? No, you didn't. Okay, okay. I was watching it by myself. Okay. And I was just like, eh, it's alright, I guess. You know. Okay, but uh, after that, I didn't really, I didn't really think much about it. Right. Uh, but I'm gonna get, into, I'm gonna get into some technical things about this movie. Okay. Uh, this movie was written and directed by Theodore Witcher. This was like his only high-profile movie. He also directed that uh, City High, uh, <laughs> what's the City High music video? The <laughs> What would you do? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that 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 movie. I'm, I say movie. That uh, video. He directed that. That's the only other famous famous thing that he did. Right. Uh, this movie, which is said, was uh, based on his uh, dating experiences in Chicago. He was going through. He was going through with women. Uh, <laughs> from what I from what it sounds like to me, but uh, anyway, uh, the budget for the movie was ten million dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, Very uh, expensive. Yeah, I know for for that movie. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they don't really, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of there's not a lot of sets in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a lot of mm-hmm. sets in this movie. But I guess ten mil will uh, make it look great i think the it's cinematography like, was beautiful yeah I was about angles to, was on point i was about to get into that it, like it barely made its budget back though uh it only made uh 12 million at the box office right so like it it, 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 it didn't over deliver it it, it kind of limped right it limped into the limped into the box office to get its money back he got his money back basically yeah uh it currently has a rotten tomato score of 73 percent is that good or bad that is. I the, never understood the Rotten Tomato ratings. Oh, if like usually, if you're like a sixty and under, that's like a sixty. I want to say like a sixty-nine and under. You're like like uh, your your movie shit, you know. But uh, okay. <laughs> it barely get that. It's like it's got a seventy-three percent, which I like. I'm cool. I'm good with that. You know, I put it there as well. I put it at like a seventy-three percent. You know, like, so that means it's good or bad. That means it's like decent. It's decent, okay. That means it's a decent movie. Okay, that's cool. But uh, some more stuff. Uh, movie stars Lorenz Tate as Darius Lovehall, a poet and writer who falls for Nia Mosley, or uh, Nina Mosley. I'm sorry, Nina Mosley, who is a photographer played by Nia Long. Uh, they begin an off and on again relationship with multiple twists and turns. Uh, I want to get the positive out of the way. <laughs> I want to get the positive out of the way. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I thought this movie was beautifully made. Mm-hmm. Like, visually. Yeah, visually, visually. It's, visually, it's a beautiful movie. Yeah, it is. I love this. Like I said, like you said, I love the cinematography. I think the movie is, like, well-directed. I think mm-hmm. it's well-acted. Uh, another thing, I, I got to get this movie credit for. Mm-hmm. I got to get this movie credit for moving uh, black film forward, right? I do have to give it that credit. Mm-hmm. It mo- like this because this movie moved us out of the hood movie genre. Mm-hmm. 
Because mm-hmm. before that, it was uh, really uh, Don't Be a Menace movie just out of the hood movie genre because it just trashed it so much. <laughs> you know? And because, like, because, like, you think about it, you, you get a movie like Boys in the Hood. Yeah. You get a movie like Boys in the Hood. Because before that, before Boys in the Hood, it was like all Spike Lee stuff. Yes. It was uh, School Days, She's Gotta Have It, Do the Right Thing, Mo' Better Blues, you know, Jungle Fever, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But then uh, Boys in the Hood came along, and the early to mid-90s was just all hood movies. And yeah. that's something that John Singleton reluctantly did. I don't think he was trying to do that. I don't think he was trying to do that, but he reluctantly did that. I, I think know? he was just telling his story in California. Yeah. No, no offense, but that's all we had at that time in the nineties. You know. I understand that, but like I said, like I said, he reluctantly did that. He didn't. He wasn't trying to do that. He wasn't yeah. like trying to make hood a genre. I don't think. He right. Was like, he was just telling California studies his just, stories. He was yeah. telling his story, and then right. like Hollywood was like, "We got to make more of these." You know, and then he's you, all like, "Well, how many? Because that's all we got up yeah, here yeah. is hood movies, hood stuff." You know, then you get Menace to Society and Jason's Lyric yeah. and New Jack City and mm-hmm. uh, Juice, and even though I like Juice, Juice is one of my favorite movies of all fucking time. Right? Um, you get uh, uh, Clockers, even like that's a Spike Lee movie. Even like Spike Lee got into it. You get Fresh, and you get all these other like movies about struggle and being in the hood and. Oh, South Central. Remember South Central? Yes. Uh, you get all these all these movies about that. And then, like, towards the late 90s, we was like, we done with all that shit, you know? Because the Wayans Brothers, like, trashed that shit mm-hmm. to no end. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I was like, oh, wow. I'm like, this shit, I was like, that shit is, this shit is over with. Because, like, once the, like, the Wayans Brothers gets a hold of it, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's fucking over for you. <laughs> it's done. Uh, once they start making fun of your genre, it's over. Right. But like these movies, uh, it ha- it helped though. Yeah, but like uh, Love Jones uh, allowed us to like start telling stories that weren't about like gangs and struggle and all this stuff, you know. Like, so uh, I like to, I have a I have a name for these movies. Yes, you know I like to call like the movies from the late nineties. I like to call them the middle class black movie. Mm-hmm. You like it's the, they started like the middle class black movie era. It's like Love Jones, and you got the wood. Mm-hmm. You got Love and Basketball, and you got uh, Stella got a groove back. Yeah, fluent black stories. Yeah, fluent yeah. black stories. You know, yeah. like all all those type of movies. Uh, I say Best Man. Yeah, like all this type of like all these type of uh, movies, and you get like you get uh, directors like Malcolm D. Lee mm-hmm. and like uh, Gina Prince Bicewood, and you know, like all those type of like. We're going to tell a fluid story, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> type of type of uh, directors, right. you know, like, <laughs> uh, Rick, Rick Rick Fumiyama, like he did the wood, you know, like we like we're going to tell these a fluid black stories, you know. <laughs> I, I find it amazing how yeah. how these people see these stories as an oh that's just something that black people really want to do or really want this in the future. Like no, there's. These are really people. These people really do exist. exist. There yeah. are affluent black neighborhoods, families, communities, businesses, corporations, all of that. Yeah. But people don't really, you know, acknowledge it or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, it was like, like they're trying to show you the other side of blackness. We don't all live in the hood. No. <laughs> we don't all live in the hood. We're not all gang members. We're not, right. you know, like some of us, like, we're just regular dudes. Like, you know, like. Right. 
It would be regular dudes, regular women. There's bad and good in every bad race. Good. Yeah. yeah, there's bad and good in every race. You and know? they say, well, okay, okay, it's, it's just a small population. No, it's the same. It's you about know? the it's same. 50, 50. It's 50, 50 with everybody. Right. <laughs> you know, so like, I gotta, like, that's one thing I gotta get this movie credit for. I gotta get this movie credit for showing the other side of black culture. Right. You know, because like, cause like, dude, like, just showing the hood is just like, you're just showing like one side. You're just showing one side of it. Let's right. show the other side. Right. Love, and then and it's move and let's move film forward. Right. Without that, we wouldn't have a Malcolm and Marie. Right. You know, we wouldn't have a a, 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 a dope or a, a, even a Get Out. Right. You couldn't tell a story like Get Out in 1996. No. You know. Be interested. You know, nobody would want that. Right. You know, so so good. I'm like, I gotta give the, I gotta give this movie credit for that. Right. It was the first to do that. Right. Like one of the first. Because mm-hmm. I do remember Eddie Murphy trying to do that with Boomerang. Right. He tried to do it with Boomerang. People didn't get it. I still love Boomerang. Ah, oh, me too, man. But, uh, oh my God, I love the black corporate life and everything yeah. like that. It's real. Yeah. They were black people there who's yeah. doing this, this stuff you see. Yes. You know, it happened. It's still there. It's yeah. not a magic reimagination. And yeah. No, it's none of that. You know what I right. mean? Right. Like even with the Bill Cosby thing, they were like, "Oh, okay, Bill Cosby is a uh, is trying to influence the hood to be like, no, no, he was showing the good side of black culture yeah, and something that have always been there. You know, Howard graduates, you yeah, know, two like, parent home, two parent homes, like okay. these these black families and black affluent communities do exist. They do, yeah. You know, you can ignore it all you want, but it they do exist. You right. Know what I mean, right. So, <laughs> That's right, but uh, so like you got that uh, the negative side of that, right? Is that this movie can be up its own ass sometimes? Yeah, it could be a little bit, you know, too sedity mm-hmm. to where it's like, oh, I'm better than you, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I come from both. Right, you know, I'm ha- I'm half hood, half suburb. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you right. know, but yeah, like, cause like I've I've, I've lived in the, I've lived in the hood, right. and I've lived in the suburbs. Right, you know, so I come from two different I come from two different worlds. Well, well for 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 me, I lived in a fluid black neighborhood mm-hmm. that became a hood. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right, like cause because it was a black affluent neighborhood. And then the hood people came in and ran the good, hardworking black people out. And yeah. we had what you call a black flight. You know what right. I mean? So a lot of people try to ignore that that shit didn't happen. We had black flights then too. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, man, I'm just saying like, there's like, a little bit of pretentiousness right. in this movie too. Uh, this movie also shows you that uh, black people can be boring too. Right. You're like, can we be, like, black people could just be boring. You know, and oh, I, I have to say, I have to say that these are the most blo- these are the most boring black people on the planet. Yeah, these group of black people we are following in Love Jones are the most boring black people you ever want to meet. <laughs> you know, they are. Right. It's like because I feel because like one thing I feel watching this movie, I watched this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched it together. You know, right. uh, one thing I, I I get out of this movie is like we truly don't get to know any of these characters. Nope. I feel like we we don't really get to know any of these characters. Like we don't get to know why. Like 
why is Isaiah Washington's wife really leaving him? Right. You know, we get a we get a we get a little peek. Right. But we don't get the whole we don't get like the whole door open. And why Nina having issues with her ex. Yeah, we, we don't get that. Uh we don't know anything about Lisa Nicole Carson's character. What's her name? Josie. Mm-hmm. I had to look, I forgot her name was Josie. I had to look that up. Right. You know, we don't know anything about her. Uh pause. Okay. I gotta pause. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Every time Lisa Nicole Carson <laughs> every time Lisa Nicole Carson was on screen. Yeah. And you know Leah Nia Long. Right. You can agree, even as a woman, Nia Long is fine. Right. No, Nia Long is beautiful. Right. But she made it hard for me to look at Nia Long. Because <laughs> I love me some I love me some Lisa Nicole Carson. <laughs> I watch Alan McBeal just to look at her. Man. For real. Like, she's always playing these over-sexualized characters, too, though. Like, she is. Very seductive and yeah, stuff. She's and very seductive sexually looking. Sexually liberated and whatnot. Yeah. Like in Ease Bayou. Ease Bayou. Yeah, Ease yeah. Bayou. Yeah. She was, you know. She was the mistress. Yeah, she was the mistress. Yeah. And stuff like that, you know. Yeah, but, like, we don't know anything about her character, though. We don't know what she do. So, like, she just there for Nia Long. Right. That's all she is. She just she just there to just for me alone to tell me your problems. Right. You know, that's all she ain't got no life. She ain't got no man. And like she ain't got no job. <laughs> like what does she do? You know, like she ain't got shit. Uh that's like that's a there's there's just like a lot of like just like characters that are just insequential and dry. We got another dude, the bald dude. Right, Eddie. I didn't even know his name was Eddie. Right. The bald dude like what does he do? What is he did? He don't even say shit. Well, he 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 seemed like he works at the club with Darius because he always comes up and do the host and he introduced people on the stage. So I, I guess he works at the club with Darius. I guess like, but he's useless. He's useless. Like he ain't right. got sh- he ain't got shit to say. He ain't got shit to do. Nothing. Uh uh the the you got the friend. You got the other the female friend Sheila. Right. You got her. Uh, you you kind of know something about her, but you don't know a lot. No, you know, you know she work at the record store. Right, that's all you know. Yeah, she work at the record store. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But you know, just a lot. It's just a lot of boring characters. Bill Bellamy is the most exciting character in the whole goddamn movie. Yeah, as a Hollywood. Yeah, he's the most exciting character in the whole goddamn movie. He's he's the only. He's the only character that gets like a fucking storyline. He's supposed to be the comic relief, but he yeah. turns out to just be entertaining yeah. overall, you know? Yeah, he's the only character that gets fleshed out. Right. Bill Bellamy's character, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. The only character, like, is even the main characters are boring. Right. You know what? Even the main characters are boring. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, I don't care about any of these people, man. I don't give a fuck about any of these people because they're so goddamn boring. Yeah. I was like, God. The le- I couldn't wait for this movie to be over, really, because uh, I was starting to fall asleep. Like, towards the end, I was yeah. like, I don't I don't care if you get together or not. I'm falling asleep. Good night. You know, so, but I had to get through it. I had to get through it. You know? And the stuff that they were fighting over, it was like just childish. It didn't really have any substance or anything. It was... Okay. Yeah. It, it was like, nonsense. Yeah. This movie's passable to me at best. Right. Uh, I'm gonna let you give your thoughts. 
Oh my goodness. Okay, so after being 11 to 12, being forced to see this lazy ass movie for some reason, um, I thought that I have a different perspective when seeing this as an adult. And it was something that was that I was like, okay, now I know why I felt the way I felt as a child, mm. now as an adult. But now I get to see it clear of why I didn't like the movie in the first place. It was just something wrong about it. And um, as a doe, I realized that this movie is a good guy trope movie for black people or mainly for black men. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a good guy trope movie. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, all right. And... What I realized about the movie, about the main character, Darius, or what the writer was trying to oppose, um, not to impose, but trying to propose, is that um, the the main character, or how the writer wrote the main character, Darius, he wrote him as, you know, it was, it was like the main character, to me, was a smart black sale who falsely pins himself to be the renaissance man because it was actually mentioned you know when nina finally introduced this guy to her house darius even though without her permission first and foremost yeah he got her he got her number from a check she wrote no not even a number she she gave him oh the, the number. address yeah. yeah he got the address you're right yeah you know I, i'm gonna get to that but i'm yeah. going to the part where okay. how i realized that this whoever wrote this character the writer who wrote this character he says based off him so basically he's Darius the writer is Darius mm-hmm. he he shows signs of a black incel but a smart black incel but he pins himself he falsely pins himself as a renaissance man so it seems like he wants to be a renaissance man because right. it's actually being mentioned to Nina uh, Nia alone's uh, character Nina where she's analyzing him you know and uh they talk to each other in her apartment and she's like oh so you're a renaissance man and i kind of found that very interesting that she would say that and i'm all like nothing that he did throughout the first throughout the first 15 20 minutes of the movie before he even been in her house was considered a renaissance man mannerism right you know what i mean so we can we could talk about this because okay. what what he did was absolutely the opposite of a renaissance man all right so okay, preach. Darius when he first meets her he charms her in this this pickup line poem <laughs> the poem was literally a pickup line yeah okay it a renaissance man wouldn't make a poem like that his poem would be it was it was his first of all Darius poem was basic and straight to the point it was basically the poem itself was a pickup line mm-hmm. okay and then he proposed his pickup line to her so he can get some tonight like you know one night stand just give me some booty that's not what a renaissance man do mm-hmm. okay what a renaissance man would do with his poem he would make he would be clever he would be complex and he would cite the poem beautifully to the audience while directly speaking through her. Right. That's what a Renaissance man would do. 
that sounds that sounds that makes a little bit more sense. Do you understand? That makes a little bit more sense. There's something wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about this. Yeah. Because this character and the writer who wrote this character, you know, so show signs of incel behavior. But this incel thinks he's a renaissance man. Uh-huh. And he's not doing anything of what a renaissance man would do. So let's talk about this. Right. Darius didn't call Nina before he arrived to her door. He actually got her address from a check that she signed to Dusty Record Store. Yeah, which is, which is where his friend Sheila works. Okay, and he got her address without her permission. Yeah. All he had to do was call her. Yeah. He steps up to her door, tried to, you know, just some weird creepy ass shit. Tell us some creepy shit. And he's like, oh, I gave you, I brought this CD. So it's kind of like, I want to be rewarded because I went out of my way to give you this CD. Yeah. So let me in. Oh. That's why she was like, oh, you want to come in? And then that's how they wound up coming in. And then all of a sudden, after him doing all that, she analyzed him and said, oh, so you're a renaissance man. Oh, talk about the door thing. Remember, we were talking about this last night. We were watching the movie. Remember, yeah. like, we were talking about the door, the, 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 the guy at the door here. And then the guy, we were comparing that to the guy at the door in the Players Club. Right. So, let's, yeah. let, let's talk about this. Okay, so you have a really nerdy incel guy in the movie and Payers Players, Players Club. Club. Yeah. So he meets her at the club and he's giving her money and stuff like that. So he wants to be rewarded for it. And he finds her apartment place you know without her permission right. and she had to literally fight this man out of her apartment. Right. That's realistic. Yeah. I don't think this part with Darius coming to her door like that was realistic. Right. Do you understand? Right. Because in real life, if she would have found Darius at the door, she wouldn't answer it. Right. She'd think this dude would be creepy and creeped out. She'd be like, oh shit, that's that dude from the record store. So I Fuck. think I, I think that was a what you call an incel fantasy. Yes. Do you understand? Right. So same thing. He met Nina at the club. Right. Okay. She went ahead and gave him the number okay let's just say if it did happen you know because it's based off of the writer's you know love story yeah so okay maybe he did you know said that corny ass pickup line poem uh-huh. whatever and he wound up getting the number right well let's just remember she's vulnerable in her relationship so at this point she just need anybody at this point to take this to take her own nigga out her head right so that's why you got the number right Okay, right. Because you about to be her time hoe and her boy toy. Right. Do you understand? Let's right. just say that. Right. Right. Uh-huh. But you taking a further step to go to her door mm-hmm. when she did not invite you, did not tell you where she lived, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden she lets you in. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that. Yeah. It's, it's rather a fairy tale, an incel fairy tale, or maybe she did let her let him in. We don't, we don't know. And then when she lets him in, it has been put in a situation as in, okay, thank you, and may, maybe I should go ahead and uh, use this nigga because you know I'm hurting and I'm vulnerable for my ex. Right. All right. Right. So going back to this, I I, I find it interesting that she um, proclaimed that he is a Renaissance man. Uh-huh. So what the rotor wrote. 
That's not what a renaissance man would do. What a renaissance man would do, he will call her first and develop a friendship to figure out where her head is at. What he would find out about her is that she was vulnerable from her previous relationship and then he can decide whether he want to go with this relationship. Mm -hmm. He might, he might say no, or he might just see how this go. Mm-hmm. All right. That's not what a Renaissance man would do in this situation. Mm-hmm. All right. And he would not show up at her door without her permission. Right. Right. Because he don't chase after no girl. Yeah. Right. So Darius got a one night stand with Nita, not realizing that he was being used for sexual healing. Right. All right. The Renaissance man would have made her beg for it. Right. Okay. Right. All right. Because he would know through talking to her that she comes from a previous relationship that made her vulnerable and she's feeling some kind of way. She's in her feelings. So he's like, I ain't finna let her use me as a boy toy. I'm not gonna let her use me as a time hoe. Mm-hmm. So he will wait for it and then blow her mind up. You know, you know, blow her mind and her back out. He right. will be in her head. Right. Do you understand? Right. Now, another thing, Darius got indirectly dumped by Nina because her ex uh, came back came back right he and he haven't seen her for a whole year think about it yeah. she didn't really dump him she indirectly dumped him and she moved and she haven't seen Darius for a whole fucking year right a renaissance man wouldn't have done that a renaissance man would have made Nina get rid of her ex by her own decision and not by his because she's all like I like how this nigga's in my head I like how he makes me feel and he blow my back out so no she would have been like why you here like she would have blew him off like why you coming back it's over I got I got a new dude it's over right right you know what I'm saying like when a guy told her he said is it somebody else she would have said yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's somebody else somebody else and I don't want you here right bye because that's that's the effect that a renaissance man would have on a woman right Okay, now let's let's get it deeper to this incel behavior that Darius really have. Okay, Darius lost his girl to a Chad, which is his friend Hollywood. Hollywood is his Chad. Yeah. Okay, Darius actually got her back after Hollywood dumped her and made her walk home. Yeah. That ain't no Renaissance shit. That's some incel shit. That's some simp shit. Okay. Next thing you know, the Renaissance man. With not having spirits that bullshit in the first place. Right. Because he would have had that. He would have had her already. Yeah. He would have got right. it. He would have got his bitch from the ex who tried to claim her back. Darius Darius is really not being an alpha. Alpha's really yeah, yeah. Darius, Darius is not is really not being, being a Renaissance alpha. man. Yeah. He's something else. Yeah. Right? So you tell me of all these pointers of him being uh, proclaimed and being analyzed as a Renaissance man, how is Darius viewed as a Renaissance man? Yeah, it's like yeah, I was like he's like he's not being an alpha male. Like Darius is not an alpha male. He doesn't even Darius doesn't even look like an alpha male. And he's very like he's very uh, he's lame. He tries yeah. to be funny. He he's tries not. to be outgoing, and he doesn't. He just comes out lame. And yeah. the reaction that he gets from her is really condescending. Right. You know, he says a joke and stuff, and she's like, "Oh, really? That's nice." Yeah. That does not sound like a woman who's interested in your charm. You know what I mean? It sounds like she's she's just going through it and to see what yeah. else she can get out of you right then with him uh then with you know his chat which is hollywood, hollywood yeah. he was making her laugh first of all he got her to drive in his 
funeral car. Yeah, the hearse. And she was okay with it. And yeah. she was like, oh my God, you were so funny. You remember? Yeah. And then and then he screwed up. Yeah. We gotta by by you know, by taking her and flunning her around like as an A, I got your B. Stuff yeah. like that. But we're pretty much what you're saying is like Darius is not an alpha male. But like now we gotta we gotta give our scores. Right. Uh, we gotta give our scores. We gotta give our scores. <laughs> no, we gotta give our scores because we're like we're, we're running down on time. Okay, so uh, I'm so sorry because I got yeah, more. On yeah, this we movie. got we running down I'm on like, time. We can't really, we can't really. Yeah, like, we right. get running down on time. So um, so um, what what do you give this? What's your score? I give it. I swear, I I would I would. No, no, those. I give it. A, you give it a zero. I give it a zero. I give it a three out of five. I think it's a decent movie. Join us next week. When we'll have a new movie. Uh, I haven't decided yet, but we'll have a new movie. Uh, See you guys later. Peace.